3: Right along with Laura Reynolds as she talks to the auto designers, creators, and makers about the automobiles we love as we go Driving in Heels.
4: It's Driving in Heels. I'm Laura Reynolds, your host, and on this week's podcast, I talked to Ford Motor Company about the F-150 Raptor, and get this, it was inspired by a fighter jet. Then we'll hear from Audi of America Incorporated about the Q5 Sportback and its sportier look. Then we'll talk to Honda about the Ridgeline. And we'll wrap it all up with a sneak peek at GM's Super Bowl ad. Grab your gloves because we're going to be heading to Norway with actor Will Ferrell. So let's get started with Ford Performance Chief Engineer Carl Widman and the truck that was inspired by a fighter jet, the F-150 Raptor. So I got to tell you, Carl, when I get a press release that says that you were inspired by a fighter jet, I've got to talk about that vehicle. That's
1: crazy.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk Raptor because, I mean, man, you guys have just taken it up 10 more notches.
2: Yeah, no, it's what's great about these products, right, is the customer enthusiasm really kind of percolates in our, our engineering inspiration, right? So as we go out and talk to our customers on, you know, Shelby Mustangs or the GT, and it really kind of gets the juices flowing. So what we did for the third generation, we spent a ton of time on the chassis system. So it's all new. Um, the five link in the back is really kind of coming out of what we see on trophy trucks, right? Um, so it's a three foot long link arm with a two foot tall spring. So it's, it's pretty ridiculous when you see it in person of how, how large it is to get 15 inches of travel in the back. Um, but the 5-Link gives us a lot of capability to hold the axle steady. And so that gives us the capability to put in a 37-inch wheel and tire. So you can get it from the factory with a 37-inch. And again, we go to a lot of people who get Raptors. Once their 35-inch tire wears out, they put 37s on it. And it'll usually rub and all that stuff because it wasn't really designed for it. So what we wanted to do is have that capability that you could order it from the factory. And, of course, we work with BFG to do a totally new tire and so you can – take it off road in the desert at highway speeds, but drive it to the grocery store and it won't beat you up and be loud. So the rear was was pretty, pretty amazing to get all that put in. We designed it in house. It's specifically designed for the Raptors. So all the decisions of where you put all the arms and everything and how you design it, we did it in these four walls. So, and then the front, as soon as you change the back end so much to get it all to balance off, you have to change the front. So we changed the entire front suspension and added another inch of travel up there. So we got 14 inches of travel. And on the F-150, what's important is when you kind of get it into the air, you really want that travel as it lands to basically have the ability to take all that force, transfer it through the shocks and then go on running. So it's a lot of fun to test it. Uh, you know, I like it a little bit more than driving that. Um, because you're out where there's no, no roads, right? It is the desert, it's open. Uh, every Raptor has to run a thousand miles of durability. So we do that testing twice a year on different versions of the trucks. And so we know that all the suspensions we've changed have really provided the capability to run those speeds in the desert and then still meet the endurance status our uh, customers want. So that's that's really the heartbeat of it. And then the fighter jet, uh, yes, the intakes of an F-22 is what our um, fender vents are designed like. So if you look at the details in the fender vent, our studio team really goes into those details. Uh, we execute it and make sure it's functional. And they do a lot of character lines that um, will become evident to us later as to why they did it all. So in essence, when you see it, it's now got a sharp line that goes across the front fender and a sharp line against our, uh, our bed or our box side outer. And so it gives it in their world, kind of like swirls of dust constantly, right? So, but you know, we actually create the swirls of dust. So it, it, to us, it's, uh, we, we go for that authentic, but it really gives it a tough image because it has movement in the sheet metal on the side view. And as you spin it around to the front, We went back to kind of like the Gen 1 Classic, which is a pure horizontal, and it really makes the truck look a lot wider Uh, with the 37s. It gives it a great stance and really really kind of homage to really what our target is, is really always trying to be as close to a a factory-delivered, full-warranty trophy truck.
4: That's definitely a trophy truck, and I've got so many questions for you. But first, I can tell you were excited when you talked about driving it. So yeah. tell us what it's like when you drove it.
2: So what what's amazing about this one is you can drive it really hard. And because we hold the axle in place, it doesn't move around on you. And so it's a lot easier to drive in a desert at speed You um, because of that. Um, there's no, if you go against surfaces that are undulating this way, the axle stays fixed because it's got those really long three foot arms holding the axle in place. So it gives it the capability to really, be more predictable and more enjoyable and more fun to drive out there. And yeah, it can, it does amazing things. Um, Even for a novice, it gives you that confidence that um, when you're driving it, the truck's not the limit. It's really, it's really your ability to see the horizon of what's out there. The truck's always ready, ready and waiting to do what it needs to do. Um, But it's really up to your visibility and, and what you're comfortable doing. So it is a lot of fun. And then we take it out to a place called Glamis, which is um, just a humongous sand dune out in California. And it's so much better in uh, the wheel hop. So if you're driving in uh, deep sand um, on the existing truck, you'll get the the rear end kind of skipping a little bit. Because we've held that both laterally and fore-aft, it won't do that. And we tuned the frequencies so it won't go into resonance uh, vertically. And so you can drive it in the deep sand and still have the tremendous amount of fun without the punishment of being kind of beaten on from the back end. So, and that's a lot about what the trucks are and even what we do with the Shelby's. We really want something that has that capability, but is something the driver can really push the truck to and feel comfortable doing it.
4: Now you've changed the shocks too, which uh, is awesome because whether you're going to the grocery store or you're taking the deep sand, the fact that you improve them is going to help a
2: lot. Yeah. So what we did, uh, we've got a pretty big partnership with Fox. And so we laid out out in San Diego, we went over to the office and said, Hey, we're doing this new front suspension, new rear suspension. What do we want to do with the shock systems? And we ended up basically taking a technology that we've gotten the uh, 2019 and just supersized it. Right. We um, in, in every component is all new, right? We didn't save any, any valve, any, any shim, any anything. We, we up the pressure capability, up the thickness of the tubes. Um, what we're able to do is actually double the amount of authority. And so you think about that, as you stroke the shock, it can take a thousand pounds in a stroke. So really what, it, what we're able to do with that is as soon as we want that, we can change its tuning within 80 milliseconds And that gives us the ability to say, hey, you're driving kind of nice. I can give you that isolation. Or wait a minute, you're driving 80 miles an hour through a sand wash. And the computer's just going and checking everything that's going on. We've got four ride height sensors now. And it'll make that decision independent of the mode you're in. But if you switch the modes, it'll then have... Different boundaries that it can make that decision to say, okay, I, I'm driving Baja mode. I, I'm really going to have to pedal the metal, and so it'll say, well, I'm going to basically go from here to here. But wait a minute, I'm in normal, so it might go from here to here. And that technology really, really ties together really well with the suspension because we got so much extra travel. When you redo these shocks at the same time, you can take advantage of all that travel. So when you drive it, it just it feels. Um, perfectly isolated, you know, driving high speed in the desert because it has that, that more authority, but driving around town, you don't get constant shake or constant vibration because it can give you that isolation. So that was really what we brought to the table with us and Fox in, in this Gen 3.
4: So it's, it's just amazing with, with the shocks, how they help you out um, when it comes to driving like that. But that's not the only thing that you guys have changed. I mean, you've also got uh, the longest-in-class coil springs. Yes. We haven't touched on that yet.
2: Yes, it's two foot long. Um, <laughs> and why that happens is um, instead of a leaf spring, we're coil with a five length. And it's basically positioned rearward of the axle. And so to get the full travel, we needed two feet of spring to do that, Um and with NHK, again, a good partner, we use them on the Shelby's as we do on the Raptors. It's got three different rates. So not only is it two foot long, but we have to build it in a precise way that it has a rate while you're driving around town. It'll change its rate as you go up into travel. And then at the very peak, we want to make sure that spring has a super high rate so it stays inside its coil. So it's 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 pretty tricky i showed you the picture so if you uncoil the two foot long spring it's about the length of the conference table in here oh
4: that's crazy
2: <laughs> and whenever i talk to anybody who works at nhk they'll always say my god we have this raptor spring and i'm like you know i work it for performance i know what you're talking about <laughs> so it is it's it's like everything we do here pushes the limit of both fox and what they're capable of do nhk and the spring ntn we've got in the front to get the full 14 inches of travel we've got a front half shaft that can go to 33 degrees of angle uh and you know for michelin bfg they've able to bring in a 37 inch wheel and tire for us uh that's oe capable and for us the trick was we want the 37, but we don't want it to feel completely different than our 35, right? So they had to make that extra big diameter act for a steering precision, like the smaller tire. So, and that's why we'll partner with the, the suppliers that know and, and can push those limits with us in, in our shrunk time horizons that we do products.
4: I love the way that you phrased that. I mean, you're not only pushing, you know, your limits as, you know, an engineer and designer and all that. But also the manufacturers that you work with.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Every time it's just like, oh, I can't get better than this. Wait a minute. (laughs) Wait a minute. We just did.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And what's great is we'll work with some people like Fox. We've worked with Fox over the last 10 years. And so they've grown with us, right? We brought them on to Ranger Raptor, we've expanded what we're doing. And so for them, it's always, you know, when you bring that new technology, um, that partnership really does both from theirs taking risk and, and us taking risk. And then when we run into issues, it's our issue, right? Um, so it is that partnership that's able to bring something, uh, that's new to the market that really fits what our customers after, right? Uh, another example is we put active exhaust into- yeah so everything we do right you know we've learned a lot on the shelby's and the mustangs how you can change the character of the car and we knew one of the big things when we go talk to raptor customers they're like well we love the torque of the three five right it's just amazing but we'd like it to sound better and so we're able to do um is we had to create an exhaust system that was equal length so when you see it it's pretty pretty amazing it has like what we call a trombone so it has to basically make a circle back around to equal out the two banks of the v6 then go into an active exhaust system that really gives you that straight pipe sound so you get pure v6 sound which then has some attitude Um, and, you know, isn't muffled, but it also gives us better back pressure. And so from our suppliers that we work with, even in the exhaust system, it's always pushing them to kind of create these things that we know our customers want that may not be a mainstream desire, but we'll go that extra effort. And we design a lot of that stuff in partnership with these with these teams to get get that real sound. So when you step them on the pedal, you get pushed back in the seat. But it sounds like you're uh, you get that soundtrack to go with it.
4: No, I love that because I mean, like a Mustang, for instance, you recognize that rumble Yep. You know, uh, from the exhaust. And I love it that the Raptor has it as well because you're going to recognize that right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's awesome. So tell us about the tech that can help, you know, maybe not drivers like you as much, but maybe somebody like me who doesn't drive in the sand.
2: Right. So we do a couple of things. Um, the systems in the vehicle are always checking, even if you're in any mode, right? Um, from the ABS is calibrated unique to uh, the throttle control. But what we do sometimes is we'll have different selections and modes. So like today I drove in, it was snowing here in Michigan. And I put the Mustang into snow mode, so it has a different traction. Same kind of thing happens when we do um, Baja mode. It's a different tune for the pedal, so it, basically holds the RPM up. So if you're really driving hard, it won't upshift on you. It'll stay right at peak peak power. And we'll have modes that are for off-road. And off-road mode, you know, works in mud, sand, snow, right? All these types of things where you want to be able to spin the wheel up a little bit and not, you know, clamp down on the throttle. So those things help the driver actually get through different situations. So you would never really have to, you know, two foot it. And, you know, we have, one pedal, which is a classic example that, in essence, it will be like a like a trail thing. So if you're going over five miles an hour over a trail, it'll set cruise control at whatever speed you want. And then you just sit there with the accelerator pedal so you don't have to do brake, pedal, accelerator. So there's a lot of features in what we call like the suite of drive modes that help the driver in certain situations to basically, you know, if you go to Baja mode, it'll lock the axles and all that stuff. So you don't have to do a bunch of things it will actually do it for you. And then, of course, um, since we're built off of an F series, we come with all you know adaptive cruise control, 360 cameras, power to the bed, you know, all the different things you can get, which is great. Being built on an F series is you get all these great features from towing and you know this huge list of features that you know you can tailgate with the inverter in the back. you, You name it, right? It just brings a lot of capability with the next gen F-Series that we're built off of.
4: It's just too cool, all of the different things that we've talked about, coil springs to the exhaust. I almost feel silly asking you, are there any new colors? <laughs> any new trends? Yeah.
2: So the new color for us that is um, that is just for us is code orange. So <laughs> we, uh, we decided we needed a new color for Raptor launch. Um, so we ended up with code orange, kind of one out amongst um, trending colors. So you'll see a lot of highlights on the car in code orange, um, on the IP. But in essence, the whole truck you can order it in code orange, which you know, it it's pretty stunning. So I think the launch pictures that come out um, for reveal are actually a code orange truck. At least that's one we sent out there. We'll see if what comes back from the video.
4: Code orange makes me think of nukes. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no doubt. It is, uh, it's pretty bright orange. Uh, it's not totally like um, competition orange in Mustang. It's, It's again, it's got a, it's a good orange that fits on a truck that is that big.
4: That is awesome. You must be the most popular guy in your neighborhood. <laughs>
2: yes. Uh, yeah, they'll still hear the 500s come home and uh, yes, people know who I am. I've lived in the same place for a long time, so... <laughs>
4: And as soon as you park that truck in your driveway, you're going to have lots of new friends.
2: Yes, because everybody's out walking around the neighborhoods these days, right? <laughs>
4: yeah, exactly. Well, Carl, I mean, is, is there anything you're like, Laura, why haven't you asked me this yet? It's the most important thing about this.
2: <sighs> no, I think we covered, we covered travel. We covered exhaust system. Um, we covered drive modes, appearance. Yeah, we've got a very horizontal in the front. we have F-22 uh, fender vents. Um,
4: That just cracks me up about the F-22. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when I
2: talk to the studio guys, they also say it's stealth. When it's a diagonal, it's stealth and it's not totally like a machine driven design. So that's, uh, if you're looking for a little bit extra that's how they'll phrase it, but. You'll notice when you see the truck that it is a Raptor right off the bat, and then it's got a lot of stance to it. When we drag the uh, the whole grill and the whole accentuation of the hood, along with the thirty sevens, really give it you know a presence. Um, but uh,
4: so, when's it going to be in dealerships? This summer. Okay, awesome. And have you got any feedback from any of the dealers yet?
2: No, we did a dealer review um we kind of do that towards the end of the studio process before we tool stuff so they like the looks it's it's pretty stunning look they haven't gotten a driven one yet either right so we're still in pre-production so they haven't driven them so they only get to see it and they're always excited about raptors
4: right i bet so what's going to be starting msrp
2: oh i don't know i don't think we've announced pricing yet yeah no we'll do pricing fuel economy horsepower um, probably closer to late spring, probably much closer to launch when we get EPA numbers back. Okay. All together.
4: <laughs> yeah. We'll just add that in later. I'm, I'm sure the horsepower is going to be disappointing, you know, on the Raptor.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty interesting, right? I'll drive them out in the desert and I'll be much more limited by my line of sight than anything else right you just you'll you outrun your ability to see where the train's going
4: it's amazing you get paid to do that
2: yeah i get <laughs> to do it once a year my guys get to do it much more than that
4: <laughs> well carl it's just been a joy talking to you this has been so much fun and i know people are going to lose their minds when they hear about this
2: it is Definitely an exciting product.
4: Thank you again to Carl Widman for joining us. When we return, we'll hear more about Audi's sleeker and sportier Q5 Sportback. We'll talk to Audi of America Incorporated next on Driving in Heels.
5: It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association
1: of Realtors. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block.
3: This is Driving in Heels with Laura Reynolds. Each week, Laura talks with auto manufacturers to keep you in the know about the latest and greatest in the cars, trucks, and SUVs you love to drive. Here's more Driving in Heels with Laura Reynolds.
4: I'm Laura Reynolds, and you're listening to Driving in Heels. And in this segment, I'm talking to Audi product manager for the Q5, Anthony Garvis, about the Sportback. We're going to talk about how some of the refreshed features start with the roof. Okay, we are talking Q5 Sportback. And this car, sleek. I love that you've changed the roof line. Tell us about that.
6: Yeah. So, uh, this car compared to the SUV is from the B pillar. So, from the back of the front doors forward is identical. And then from that rear of the front door backwards is completely redesigned on the car. And so, The roof slopes give you a sleeker look. Um, You redesign them. The door, the fender on the back, the the tailgate is completely different. Uh, The taillights have actually been moved about 30 millimeters compared to the standard car. The rear bumper and diffuser are different as well. And so you really have a different look from that car from the rear and the rear three-quarters view. And uh, it's quite great. It really fits with the sporty image of the Q5. It's good addition to the family.
4: And it's really cohesive now from the back. I love that. Yes. Now you've also made some additional changes with taking uh, on the roof. Um, you no longer have uh, the the rails on the roof.
6: Yeah. So when we look at differentiation between the two cars, the idea is you know you have the enhanced design of the sportback, and with that comes some sportiness. So the positioning and content of the car is aligning with it as well. So we have S line exterior. We have this the S model. the the front uh, the grill, the lower air inlets, the rear diffuser. All that is is uh, more aggressive. Um, we have 19 inch wheels versus 18 inch wheels. So we have a one inch larger wheel as standard. Uh, the roof rails have been deleted, as you mentioned. So that is something based on the feedback from the design team in uh, Audi, uh, Germany. They said, you know, we think the car looks best without the roof rails. And what am I gonna argue with the designer, right? Who, who designed the car, you know, that's like, no, you're wrong. It looks better <laughs> with them. Uh, so uh, we took away the roof rails. Um, And then uh, you know, with that, we have a trailer hitch option still available for the car. So the majority of customers are putting their bikes on the back of the car versus putting them onto the roof just because it's much easier. Um, And then uh, inside the car as well, you have sport seats standard. So no longer we have standard seats, sport seats. Now these come with the sport seats, bigger bolsters, a little bit more aggressive and it fits with the whole sporty image of the vehicle.
4: So what's so crazy though, is everything that you have made standard in this vehicle. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what sets you apart from maybe some of your competition.
6: Yeah, and that's something that we always focus on as, as a whole here at Product Planning at Audi is that we wanna make sure that the customer has the right features in the base car they're having to spend all kinds of money on patches and upper trim levels to get, especially a safety feature, right? And so a very, very uh, wide safety uh, equipment on this car standard. So parking centers front and rear, Side assist, which is our blind spot monitoring, rear cross traffic assist. So when you're backing out of a spot, if you don't see a car coming, it'll show you on the screen. And it'll beep at you and jab on the brakes if you still aren't going to stop. So, um, and then of course we have our Pre Sense uh, City, our front collision warning. Uh, that's standard on almost every Audi, um, and uh, this will predict. It shows it can um, it can identify pedestrians, cyclists, uh, other cars, other, and they can stop the car uh, if you aren't. Uh, paying attention or for some reason you don't see it. And so these are all really important features to us because it's something that we have the technology we think everyone should have, because if we can have that and save a life, you know, absolutely. So that's that's our, our mindset moving forward, you know, or has been for actually quite many years now.
4: I just think that's great that um, the safety technology is all included, but because who is going to say no when you're at the dealership and trying to figure out which ones you want? Yeah.
6: Exactly. And also when you have a Q5 or it is very family oriented and it's people with children and we want to keep them as safe as possible. And that's something that we think is included in a luxury vehicle. So as default and standard. So we try to do a high value of standard equipment in the car. Like every time you get into a car, so you get in an Audi, you get into a base on with no options. It's a very nice place to be and has everything you need, right? That is the goal. And then if you want, you know, some of the design elements or upgraded stereos or other things like this other luxury items sure you add them on but in terms of what makes an Audi an Audi that is something that is standard in, in every car
4: well it is a sleek good looking car and I think it's got to be fun to drive and I know oh, yeah. you've driven it
6: <laughs> I have I mean the uh, the Q5 also uh when we did our, our refresh this past year we added a little bit more horsepower to the car and it's 261 horsepower, and it actually is the fastest in its segment zero to 60. So when you compare it against the BMW or Mercedes competitors, uh, we're 5.7 seconds. And 5.7 seconds for an SUV that weighs 4,000 pounds is really impressive. You know, it, 20 years ago, the, you know, supercars, high performance cars doing five seconds zero to 60 times. So um, <laughs> I remember the S4 when we launched was around five five something and now you have a q5 doing it so it's really it's really impressive how far we've come yet also increasing efficiency
4: well you need that going to school you know
6: yeah absolutely (laughs) you know you got to make sure kids are at school on time not that we condone speeding
4: (laughs) (laughs) no 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 no. we're not saying that at all (laughs) well i gotta ask you if anthony was going to build a q5 sport Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what would anthony's car look like in his driveway
6: Ooh, uh, so I would go with, um, our new color ultra blue, which I think if you look at some of the photos in the, uh, press releases, ultra blue is one of those colors, really deep, just amazing, uh, blue. It's like, you're looking into the Mediterranean. Yes. Uh, and yes. so I, you know, I, 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 love that, especially being Greek. So, um, <laughs> uh, part of me wanted to call it Mediterranean blue, but, uh, you know, ultra blue it is.
4: Like you suggested that color. <laughs>
6: <laughs> and, um, yeah, I like, I like also light interiors. Um, so uh, I know majority of people choose black interiors when you have kids and you worry about dirt, but I also, I have no kids. So it's, I would go lighter interior, nice gray inside, you know, blue on gray is perfect. Um, and it's really like a luxurious looking cabin and rich with the, the two-tone dashboard and lighter seats and everything. So that would be mine. And I'd do our sport uh, package with 21 inch wheels also on it. So,
4: uh- yeah. I knew you were going to upgrade those wheels. Of
6: course, of course.
4: <laughs> that looks awesome. So what are we talking about, um, MSRP wise? Cause I, I know we mentioned a little bit earlier that, you know, yeah. your competitors, you know, that's who you're going after, but you offer more standard stuff. With yeah, product. we are.
6: Our, our, our standard equipment is, is always high on an Audi standpoint. Um, we always want to have the right content and right equipment. And so, uh, when you look at the, um, uh, Q5 back versus an X4 and a GLC, we come in about $2,000 less on a MSRP basis, um, just standard. And then when you add in all of the, especially the safety features that we have standard and, and everything, your 10.1-inch touchscreen, um, you have a color instrument cluster display on the base car, heated seats, leather seats standard, so also Every Audi has leather, not leatherette. So not like MB text or sense tech like BMW, which are vinyl, you know, leatherette seats. So that's something that uh, we really pride ourselves on that you believe luxury cars should have that as standard features. Um, so we're doing pretty well. We're 47.8 on the uh, on the Q5 uh, back and 56.1 on the SQ5 back.
4: See, I just find that number amazing for everything that you get. Instead mm-hmm. of having to go and be like, oh, here's another thousand, here's another thousand, here's another thousand when you're buying a vehicle, you've already started above that.
6: Yeah, yeah, no, we, this is very true. And, um, you know, getting into a, like, my mom's been driving a Q5 for 13 years. Ah. So, <laughs> since the first one came out. And so, a lot of times I, build something special for her or I'm like hey, try this out and I give her the six months she drives the car and uh, it's like my my market feedback um, so uh, I have my mom she's in a, a q5 premium so the base q5 with our convenience package that's like Sirius and uh, advanced key so the keyless entry and a few a few other things and um, heated steering wheel being also one of them and like but it's everything she could possibly want and it's just a premium q5 and so wow. that says all right something's been done right
4: your mom's favorite aren't you
6: oh definitely <laughs> my sister my sister would agree too but she thinks she's a uh, dad's favorite but i don't i don't believe that either.
4: <laughs> man your job is too fun the fact that you can build these different kinds of cars and do different choices before it actually you know rolls out and it's finalized
6: yeah you know it's uh there are very many fun aspects of the job, right? We get to play with cars and get paid for it, right? Like, great, <laughs> how do we pull this off? Um, but it's just, it's, and it's also like a sense of like pride. You go out here and like, especially Northern Virginia where I am, we have so many Audis on the road. And so you're seeing like one of the children drive down the street, you know, it's very, it's very exciting. And so, cause it's a long process and, you know, we're living with these cars for, you know, three, four years before production through seven years of life cycle. So it's a 10 year process that we've, you know, spent on each one of these vehicles.
4: That's just amazing. So can you at least hint at us what's coming next?
6: <laughs> no.
4: <laughs> we promise not to tell.
6: <laughs> yeah, it's not my first rodeo. Yeah. So.
4: <laughs> that's awesome well Anthony is there anything else where you're like why hasn't Laura asked me this yet
6: no I don't know I think we've covered most of everything um I mean the car we are taking orders for it uh now we put our order guide production starts in just over a little bit over a month and so we should be on sale uh in spring so I think April ish April May uh for this and uh I'm very looking forward to getting customers in the cars and seeing feedback and seeing all on the road
4: they will be on trucks, what, May, June?
6: <clears throat> um, we, I think we should be in dealers around May. Okay. So.
4: Awesome. Yeah.
6: yeah, we should, I imagine, I think it's our, our, our launch time is in the spring, so.
4: Very cool. And thanks to Anthony Garvis for being on Driving in Heels. Up next, we'll talk to Honda Motor Company about their compact pickup, The Ridgeline. I'll talk to Honda Public Relations Western U.S. Carl Pulley next on Driving in Heels.
3: We always like when Carl Pulley from Honda stops by as he's prepping his furry friends for the interview. This is an instance we've found ourselves in many a times in recent months. Here's some before the interview fun with Carl Pulley and Laura Reynolds on Driving in Heels.
4: Well, let's talk Ridgeline.
7: Absolutely. Well, um, thanks very much for asking me about the uh, 2021 Ridgeline. Hold on a second. (laughs) Sorry to, to pause my cat is trying to get out of the room, and we have one of those little um, spring kind of door stops. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he's playing with it. So let me just let him out. <laughs> my uh, my dog and my cat they they're kind of like these the escape artists <laughs> um, because obviously a door a door will only push in one direction. So if my dog's in the bedroom, the cat's outside. The dog can't push the door open, but the cat opens the door from the other side. So they, they they work with each other to let themselves out. Yeah. Running around the house causing all sorts of havoc. So uh, so I've locked it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, I totally understand. At some point you may see one of my cats walk past. <laughs> okay. I usually try to treat them so that way, you know, they'll go take a nap.
7: Well, should we start again? Yeah,
4: yeah let's talk Ridgeline. All right,
7: fantastic.
4: <laughs> Honda's Ridgeline has a fresh new design. It's fuel efficient, and now you can get a post-production package from Honda Performance Development. Honda Public Relations Western U.S. Carl Foley talks about the Ridgeline.
7: Well, well, Laura, it's, it's wonderful to to chat with you again. It's always a pleasure, and thanks so much for asking me to talk about the uh, the updated 2021 Honda Ridgeline, which uh, for this model year is what we call a mid-cycle refresh in that we've updated some things and quite unusually for a mid-cycle refresh, we've done a lot of changes to the exterior bodywork. Generally, you'll find with most manufacturers that if they have a mid-cycle refresh, it's usually the kind of plastic parts on the outside of the vehicle that are changed. So the bumpers and the grill and things like that to refresh the styling but with the Ridgeline there actually is some sheet metal changes so everything forward of the A pillar is all new and it's to provide a lot more of a rugged appearance to the Ridgeline. Um, We always considered the Ridgeline to be the thinking person's mid-size pickup truck because uh, really it does... um, Everything better that 90% of the people use their, their truck for. Because, I mean, to be honest, most people that buy a mid sized pickup truck are not the construction workers, they're not using it for heavy industry. They're using it for weekend projects, for taking their motorcycle to the off road riding area, for going to Home Depot and doing projects of, of that nature. Um, And the Ridgeline, because it's the only truck in the segment to have a unibody construction, which means the whole body is integrated into the strength and rigidity of the vehicle. uh, It rides so much better and drives so much better than the body on frame uh, pickup trucks, which is basically what everybody else utilizes. So we actually have a great deal of better torsional rigidity, which means the whole body structure is a lot more Uh, strong as well as having independent rear suspension so when it comes to driving on road which is to be frank 90% of what people use it for going to and from work doing running the errands and things of that nature the Ridgeline is far superior but also it can do some fantastic truck stuff in fact it has the largest standard um bed in its segment as well as the largest standard payload for all-wheel drive uh, mid-size pickup trucks as well. And it has the largest interior for the passengers and cargo that you put inside of the vehicle. So it really has all of the truck elements that people are looking for. It has that wonderful on-road dynamic handling. The only thing that the the Ridgeline perhaps didn't have is that very truck rugged look to it Um, and it did uh, to be frank had a bit of a softer look to it I mean it was very aerodynamic but we found that customers that are really looking for a pickup truck they want it to look like a truck they want it to look rugged and in in a way the the appearance of any vehicle um, really represents what it can do so a sports car should look like a sports car and then people look at it and say, oh, that's gonna be a sporty car to drive. Likewise, when people look at a pickup truck, they want it to look kind of rugged and, uh, and, and butch even, um, because that kind of portrays what it can do. So the Ridgeline has always been able to do all of those good solid pickup truck things, but didn't necessarily look that way. So the updates that we've made to the 21 really kind of address that issue Um, There are also uh, some additional things that we've done, um, meaning that um, to update the vehicle, it has standard Honda sensing, so that's our suite of safety and driver's assistive features. Also because of that unibody construction that I talked about, we're aiming for the top safety um, scores with NHTSA and IIHS and again it's one of those things that other manufacturers can't claim because they don't have this sort of structure that the Ridgeline has. Um, Also, we've made it standard with our IVTM torque vectoring all-wheel drive system. So this is a smart all-wheel drive system that can send 70% of the available torque to the rear wheels when needed and also provide some adjustment to right and left rear wheel as well. So it's, it has sensors that kind of understands the sort of driving environment you're in and it adjusts and provides torque to the wheels when they need it. But also you can select various different um, terrains. So for instance, if you're in mud, you select mud or snow and things of that nature. So that way it adjusts the throttle, it adjusts the torque that's sent to um, the wheels um, to provide you with the best traction in all sorts of road and off-road environments. So now, as i would mentioned, we feel as though the Ridgeline is not only the best pickup truck for those thinking people that, you know, they, they think about how they're gonna use their pickup truck and they look at all the specs of all the competitors and say, you know what? The Ridgeline is the best truck for me. But also now I think it addresses people that buy their vehicle with their heart. You know, they look at the a vehicle, and they love how it looks. It kind of portrays the sort of person that they wanna feel like as they're driving the vehicle. So all in all, I think that the um, changes that have made to the 2021 really address those fundamental things.
4: I really like, um, you can tell that you have been listening to customers and dealers to make these changes. That's really highly responsive.
7: Exactly, and I mean, of course, throughout throughout the whole development process, when we're we're looking at a vehicle, we look at what the competitors have been doing, and also we look at the vehicle that you know. I mean, obviously, the Ridgeline, the the first Ridgeline was two thousand and six. Uh, before that, we did not have a pickup, so for that particular, the first generation Ridgeline, it was a whole new thing for us. So we just really looked outside to what others were doing, um, and then kind of reinvented the segment with that unibody construction but obviously with the second generation and now the mid-cycle of the second generation we can look on you know what we've done what customers feedback uh, is and also we assess people on yes those people that did buy the Ridgeline why did they buy it what are the features that they love about it how do they utilize their truck but also we look at people that didn't buy the Ridgeline it's like why didn't you buy it and we, we found that a lot of people they really like the features. And in fact, you know, the, the ridgeline has so many unique features that you don't find in any other truck because of the unibody construction. So for instance, the tailgate, it drops down like a traditional tailgate that you'd see in a pickup, but also it it can pivot to the side, which means you can get closer to the bed and reach back and, and grab things that are in the, the, the truck, which is so much harder when you have just a drop forward. Mm-hmm. Also, it has this very large in-bed trunk. So under the floor of the bed, you can lift it up. It has a hatch and there's a waterproof and watertight um, um, storage space underneath there. So, and it's lockable. So you can put items in there that you want to keep away from prying eyes, because obviously anything that people can see that they may want, they could maybe try to get it. And so if you don't see it, that's great but also it's locked. So it makes it harder for, to, to get inside anyway. So, you know, if you're, you know, um, going out and you're doing your dirt bike riding and you want your dirt bike riding kit inside mm-hmm. a vehicle, but you don't want all that, those dirty boots inside the cab area, you can put them underneath the trunk. It's locked, it's secure. Uh, and in fact, we, we consider the ridgeline. I mean, when, when we're able to go back to watching sporting events, we consider it the best Um, tailgating um, vehicle because you can actually fill that compartment with ice and it can be a cooler and it has a drain plug that you can let the water out and as well as we offer um, what we call our in-bed sound system. So it has not speakers but what we call exciters. So there's I think there's five exciters in the bed of uh, the Ridgeline. It basically makes the whole trunk bed a speaker. So obviously, it's connected to the audio system. So you can play music that actually, you know, the, the bed is the, the speaker itself. That in bed trunk is your cooler. You have power outlets to the side. So, you know, it has a lot of the very unique features that you don't find anywhere else. So, really, it's the, the safest midsize pickup you can, you can buy. As I'd mentioned, the largest standard bed, the, the heaviest standard uh, payload. The largest passenger area. Um, it can still tow up to 5,000 pounds as well. Standard all wheel drive has this very robust V6 engine with 280 horsepower um, and lots of nice comfort features inside. So, you know, um, you know very large, you know, the, 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 the big towing trucks, you know, especially the full size, um, they're good for what they do. But when you're just driving on the road, it's a bit of a torture rack. Um, whereas you're never going to feel that with the Ridgeline because it handles and drives just like the best SUV, quiet cabin, comfortable. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's, it, it's a win. Um, and with these new styling, I think we're going to be very successful with increasing sales. I,
4: I love the fact that you mentioned tailgating, because while you were talking about the different things that you can do, like put ice in the bed, um, I'm thinking, what a great vehicle to take camping. You know, um, it's big enough to get done what you need to get done, but it also is small enough you don't have to worry about, you know, parking and all the stuff that comes along with it.
7: Oh, absolutely. especially in the, these, these, these days of, of kind of restrictions and doing things indoors. I mean, we, ha- we have find found that, you know, people are just wanting to go out and, and do those things outside. It's funny that, you know, most people, you know, I live in Southern California. There's, there's so many wonderful things to do, but often people get so busy in their lives, they don't go out and enjoy the mountains, enjoy the outside, enjoy going to the beach. Um, and I think that people now, because those things have been somewhat restricted, they're desperate to do that. And the Ridge Line is the perfect uh, vehicle to do that, because especially if you're going to go on a, a camping road trip, and that's the sort of thing that I love to do, because, you know, you may drive two, three, 400 miles a day to get out of town. And then you want to camp in some place a little bit different if you're in a regular on um, body on frame truck that trip is going to be pretty torturous, whereas in the ridgeline it's going to be done in comfort uh, and in style and then you still have that capability to to have all of your camping gear in the in the truck bed, Um, you have that power outlet if you wanted to utilize that you can even have some tunes. So yeah, I think it's a, it's a fantastic truck. And um, you know, the, the 21 model year uh, starts with an MSRP of 36,490, and that's for the sport trim. We have four trims, we have the sport, we have the RTL, the RTLE, and then the black edition. And that's uh, basically has the same feature content as the RTLE, but it has these beautiful kind of blacked out wheels and blacked out features that makes it look even more rugged and and that tops out to 43,920. But another thing that we've introduced in this 21 model year, which actually Honda has not done ever before, and that's post-production packages. So these are um, packages of additional features, um, maybe styling elements, maybe utility or function elements, that um, are not installed by the dealer. So they're not technically accessories, but these are done after the vehicle leaves the, the, the production line. And the, the one that you'll probably see the most, and, and I, I advise your, your listeners to uh, look at the images of the, the 21 line, and most of them that you'll see have the HPD package. Now, HPD stands for Honda Performance Development, and it's our racing arm. And, you know, we do um, all sorts of, you know, indie racing, we do IMSA racing, but also we have a Baja Ridgeline off-road truck. And so this HPD uh, package um, is post-production and it includes these fantastic styling details to make it look even more rugged. So it has a different grille, has these beautiful bronze, very aggressive looking wheels, has um Blacked out wheel arches and things like that. So, um, not only has the new standard styling make it look more rugged, but then you add this HPD package, and it really looks gorgeous. I mean, that's certainly the ridge line um, that uh, that I would buy. Uh, and in fact, thankfully, in my position, I get to drive one, so I'll be <laughs> for a while for product development and, and analysis uh, purposes.
4: Yeah, I'm sure you do a lot of analysis. on. You just want to park it in your driveway so the neighbors are jealous.
7: Well, that too. <laughs> obviously, I, I need to know of what I speak. And so I'm thankfully in a position where I do get to drive these wonderful Honda vehicles to be more familiar with them. So then when obviously I speak to people like you, Laura, and obviously uh, through you to your audience, then you know I, I, I know of what I speak. I've spent a lot of time in the Ridgeline and I think it's a fantastic vehicle.
4: Well, I've got to say, when I was looking through all the different ones, it's the blackout that speaks to me most. I mean, it it looks cool.
7: Absolutely. And that's the thing, because, you know, um, as with sports cars, you know, performance cars like our Honda Civic Type R, that's an enthusiast car. And even though a truck is a very utilitarian vehicle, right, it does a bunch of good stuff. People are truck enthusiasts. And so you know, it's, it's for them that we've made these styling changes. It still has all of the fundamental goodness that the Ridgeline has always had, but we're adding the styling elements for those enthusiasts that really like the look, the, the rugged look of a, of a pickup truck. And we really feel as though our designers have exactly nail, uh, hit that nail on the head with the new styling of the 21.
4: So what does the HPD package go for?
7: Um, the HPD package is a uh, twenty eight hundred, and that's inclusive. Um, so there's no additional um, installation fees because, again, this is not um, this is not um, installed at the dealership. This is installed um, after it comes off the assembly line at the factory.
4: Got it. So, what are some of the comments that you've heard from dealers?
7: Um, sure well, the that. dealers absolutely love it. I mean, they really feel as though, I mean they understood the fundamental goodness of the Ridgeline anyway, with all the things that it can do. Um, but, you know, they they were one of the big um, entities that gave us feedback because, you know, customers would come in and, you know, generally the Ridgelines would be purchased by other Honda um, owners. So someone would maybe have a CRV or they may have an Accord, but they need a pickup. You know, they I'm going to be doing some more outdoorsy stuff. I want to do some home improvement projects i need a pickup truck and they would see the original i'm like oh i love honda i they're so reliable i have wonderful time with my vehicle that's the pickup for me but obviously some people kind of came looking for a pickup truck and they're like yeah it seems great and I, I love all the things it can do but you know i want it to look like a pickup and okay. maybe they didn't buy because of that and you know as much as we we like to set, tell ourselves that we always make decisions based on intelligence and, and knowledge, you know, oftentimes we make decisions based on the heart, right? So, um, you know, the styling is something you wanna feel proud driving it. And maybe that wasn't as, as much as the case with the Ridgeline previously. So the dealers were giving us that feedback as well as customers. So, you know, as you'd mentioned earlier, you know we do a lot of research to, to try to provide customers with the vehicle that they need, they want, they'll love. Um, and it it will serve the purposes for which they purchase it for.
4: So what's the standard wheels on this and how high up can you go?
7: Well, you know, with regards to to lifting, one of the big things that people don't really consider is that, you know, I'd mentioned that has the Honda sensing suite of, of driver assistive and safety features. So that includes lane departure mitigation. So it will keep you from leaving the roadway. It has collision mitigating braking. So if you fail to brake and a vehicle is too close, um, it will brake for you. And, and that uses a camera as well as a radar. And the radar is based behind the grill. I don't think people realize this with, with other you know other trucks. If they have a similar system and you raise the vehicle up, that radar is no longer um, uh, dialed in to where it should to, to, to um, sense other vehicles and pedestrians. So it's certainly not something that we advocate people do uh, because of that purpose. Um, but certainly the the Richland has great ground clearance. I mean, for those people that do want to do some off-road, as I said, it comes standard with our all-wheel drive system, which is incredibly robust. I mean, it's a a smart system. You don't have to do anything other than press a button if you find yourself in snow or in mud or in sand. Um, So, you know, we really feel as though, um, you know, as it is coming from the dealership, it's going to really serve any purchasers needs in, in, in all of its elements.
4: That is awesome. And I'm, I'm glad you told us that too, because sometimes people just don't think about that. Well, Carl, is there anything else you want to add?
7: No, no. I think you've been very diligent with asking me the right questions that I'm sure that your, uh, your listeners want to hear, but um, you know, as always, um, they can always go to their local Honda dealer or, or obviously go to Honda's con, um, consumer site online to get more information about Honda at uh, honda.com.
4: Thank you again to Carl Pulley for being on Driving in Heels. Up next, we'll head to Norway where General Motors, along with the help of actor Will Farrell, promote the use of electric vehicles with a little friendly competition between the U.S. and our friends in Europe. That's coming up next on Driving in Heels.
5: It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.
1: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks?
3: Thanks for checking out this week's episode of Driving in Heels with Laura Reynolds. Let's get back to Laura having a lot of fun talking about cars. Today
4: over half of the vehicles sold in Norway are electric, while EVs make up less than 4% of the market in the US. And those numbers they don't sit well with actor Will Ferrell. Ferrell and General Motors have teamed up for a fun campaign to take on Norway. GM communications manager, Stu Fowle, warns Norwegians that Will Ferrell says, I'm coming for you, Norway. You got to start off by telling me, Stu. I mean, how did you guys come up with this idea? Because it seems like normally when we talk about EVs, everyone's like, save the environment, save the birds, save the soil, and all this sort of stuff. And you guys are like, no way. Let's take on Norway.
8: (laughs) yeah, so uh, with, with it, so we actually we started the Everybody in campaign uh, almost a month ago now at this Consumer Electronics show, we kicked it off along with our our new logo that we introduced for GM and really wanted to to do something different with General Motors. I think sometimes we get perceived as a as an old stuffy company. We've been around for 113 years. We've built cars for a very long time. Uh, Tesla has been building a lot of EVs, and, and uh, the, the industry is changing a lot, and we're changing with it. And there's just been so much enthusiasm inside of the company, especially in the past year. And you look at everything all of us have gone through together with, with COVID 19 and, and the struggles within that. Um, and last March, we in 30 days time figured out how to build ventilators and, and ship those to hospitals and uh, make masks, which we've now done 20, 25 million masks that we've sent to hospitals and to our own sites as well. Um, and coming out of that, we we all kind of felt this new sense of purpose in, in GM. And there was a lot of talk last year that, Uh, with commuting down skies were cleaning up around cities and there was a a noticeable difference without people on the road and um, it really helped focus us and inspire us we'd already started working on a lot of ev plans but as the world changed and we closed a lot of our plants for a, a short period of time when we were all quarantining we looked at what would gm look like on the other side of this and the things that changed were everything not related to EVs everything related to electric vehicles if we changed it at all it was in fact by speeding things up not slowing down because when when the world comes back to normal and people start driving everywhere again we want to play our part in preserving the the clean air and and the change that we've seen through this time so that really inspired this campaign because we were all feeling it inside of the company and we wanted to project it outside. Um, and it's been over a decade since we even had a, a campaign for the General Motors corporate brand versus the vehicle brands. Um, and we really see the role of GM above Cadillac, Chevrolet, Buick, GMC to uh, excite people and get, get a fun conversation going about EVs and how they're changing. And we still hear so many people who are like, I don't an EV isn't for me. I need a truck, and a, the the where we are going is that an EV can be all of those things. It's not that you don't want an EV because you need a big SUV or because you tow or whatever. Um, with Altium and everything we're trying to do, EVs in the future will do everything that gas vehicles can, and they'll do it cleaner and quieter. and And we're really excited about that. But then, of course, with the the Super Bowl, you need to do something special and memorable to stand out. And that isn't somewhere you just show up and, and play the average ad. Um, so we, we had a couple ideas that were thrown around. This one really rose to the top of Norway being uh, the, the global leader in EV adoption and, and how can we inspire Americans to do that? And we all love a bit of friendly competition and, and the idea of not losing to any other country. And who better to to do that in a funny way than than Will Ferrell? Um, and then from there, he actually chose uh, Keenan Thompson and Aquafina as the additional uh, actors to be in the the spot with him. Jake Zemanski, the director, is a, a good friend of his that he's worked with on Funny or Die and other things. So it just really naturally came together. Will himself is a a big EV lover and an owner himself. So that's what really got him excited about it.
4: Wow. You know, first of all, I got to say, it's really cool how um, you were inspired by what was going on during the pandemic. I would have never thought in that direction, you know, that everything is cleaner now that, you know, there's not as many yeah. cars on the road. How can we continue that and take it a step further? So I love that, that you guys did that. And to take it to this campaign, go ahead and tease us a little bit about the campaign. I know it's going to air during the Super Bowl,
8: but you've know, <laughs> yeah.
4: already mentioned Will Ferrell. So tell us a little yep. bit.
8: About it. And, and just quickly on the, the ventilator and COVID note, our vice president of manufacturing, Gerald Johnson, actually coined a term out of it that we use inside called ventilator speed, which is anytime that we feel like uh, something can't be done. We, we talked about moving at ventilator speed to, to figure out how to accomplish it, and that's uh, really motivated a lot of people. Um, but the, the ad itself uh, is, is Will doing a little bit of research in his house on um, w- the history of Norway, and then he discovers that more than half of the cars sold today in Norway are EVs, and, and he is a very competitive guy, and he doesn't want to lose. So he rounds up all of his friends to hop in a couple EVs, a GMC Hummer EV that goes on sale later this year, and uh, the Cadillac Lyric, which goes on sale next year, uh, rounds up his friends and takes a ship overseas to to go yell at uh, all the Norwegians about uh, how he feels about their their lead in the EV race. And I won't spoil the, the end. There's some some surprise twists. So I encourage uh, everybody to go watch it. It is on General Motors' YouTube already. Um, you can learn more at gm.com as well. A little bit of the backstory there.
4: So were you on set?
8: I was not on set. I was uh, I was actually working on our, our big CES uh, moment. We, had, we had at CES announced a new delivery van uh, EV business. So we have, it's called Bright Drop. So in addition to all of the EVs that we'll be selling to normal people, uh, your next FedEx driver may pull up in a a zero emissions, totally quiet van as well. We we showed some other things at CES about the future. Uh, So no, I I wasn't able to go. And of course, with, with COVID right now, there are a lot of restrictions on how many people could be there. And. It was all filmed actually at will's house out in california with a little bit on site in norway um, with local so we didn't do a lot of uh, people traveling in between it was all done with people who were there locally in each of those spots so that we could keep the travel minimized because we we do take uh, safety as the the number one priority
4: what what did you call um, the electric van that's coming out soon i missed the name
8: so, yeah, so it's a new uh, business that we just launched called Bright Drop. So bright like a light, drop like a, like a ball uh, or like a, like a package that is delivered from it. And it's not just an electric van. It's actually a, a whole ecosystem of products. There's a little what we call a EP1 pallet that uh, is like a set of lockers that goes in the back of the vans. that has little electric motors in the wheels. So that when your FedEx driver is walking up and down the street, it uh, it's able to drive itself on a on a tether that that they pull. So that we're not only uh, helping emissions, we're also helping the the health and safety and well being of the the people driving the trucks as well.
4: Ooh, okay, I'm putting you on my calendar. We got <laughs> to talk that next.
8: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
4: That is awesome. It's it's, so it's an
8: exciting time in our business.
4: <laughs> it really is, and the stats got me too. The fact that um, compared to Norway, you said they were close to 50% electric and the U.S. is only 4%.
8: Yeah. And that's even if you include all the hybrids. So if you look at just the pure electric vehicles, no gas engine, it's actually under 2%. So we've, we've got a lot of work to go if we're ever going to beat these Norwegians. (laughs)
4: well I think you guys on your own are going to do pretty good the fact that you've got so many EVs coming out by 2025
8: yeah 30 30 different models so that does begin with the Hummer EV the Cadillac Lyric the Bright Drop EV 600 as the van is known so uh only only 27 more to to go we've got what uh four four more years to, to get this done but we're we're so excited about it. And we're, we're really leading the charge with some of the most exciting vehicles. I mean, the Hummer EV, 1,000 horsepower, big truck that can do zero to 60 in three seconds, is totally crazy. And the Cadillac Lyric with Super Cruise, our hands-free driving uh, system, really cool vehicles. And we wanted to lead the Altium platform rollout with some of those exciting um, kind of unique uh, options to show people that, a EV. What, what people thought of an EV five or ten years ago, nearly everything on the market is a small hatchback, um, not a whole lot of space, not a whole lot of range. And we've come a long way since then. Our Chevrolet Bolt EV, we actually have a new, more spacious one that is being announced next week called the Bolt EUV. And the range has continued to grow on that. I think we started at um, 220, 240. We're... We're nearing 300 miles of range on the Bolt EV. Uh, with uh, the Ultium platform, we've said that we hope to have vehicles pretty soon that go up to 450 miles on a charge. And in all these cool segments. And, and you will see as we roll out the, the 30 vehicles, this is not just an expensive Hummer EV or a Cadillac luxury uh, crossover where we're absolutely committed to bringing um, very main mass market EVs for, for normal people and for families and and everyone else. So there's a EV for everyone in, in the future.
4: I, I loved um, the fact that the, the lyric is so sleek looking. I mean, it almost looks like something Batman would drive.
8: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> we've, we've only shown it in silver. I, I need to see that black one because it would definitely uh, look like a Batmobile.
4: Oh, you know what I need to ask you? Are there going to be any outtakes that you guys are going to post from the Super Bowl commercial with Will? Because his outtakes are just as
8: funny. (laughs) I mean, I think we could probably make a a full feature film out of the outtakes from this one. We did do some fun uh, teasers this week. So if you go to GM Instagram or uh, Twitter or or Facebook, you can see some of the teasers we did. And Will being Will uh, kind of did his own Creative uh, freedom with some of the teasers. So he he sings a whole song that he wrote for himself about hating Norway uh, and wanting to punch them in the face, which you know only Will can do. And it's it's all in fun. And we actually did uh, we we wanted to have fun with it, but our campaign message is everybody in, and we want we take ex- inclusivity very seriously. So we we did bring Norway. I, I say that as if it's the whole country together. We all got on a conference call. Um, but we brought some of Norway's leaders in on the joke early and showed them the ad, and the response has just been awesome. So if, if you ever get the question of whether Norwegians have a sense of humor, the answer is absolutely yes. The the prime minister of Norway actually uh, on Twitter yesterday, one of the teasers was Will Ferrell joking about ordering 5 million pizzas and having them delivered to, to all of Norway. And she did a video on Twitter, the prime minister of the whole country uh, about receiving the pizza from Will and complaining that it had anchovies and not uh, pineapple, which is her her own choice. And then uh, we we have a, a Norwegian gentleman on our team who is able to read all of the Twitter comments and all of it was just a big Norwegian debate about how pineapple should not be on pizza. So. <laughs> The the only incident, the only international incident we created was between the prime minister and and all of her constituents in a debate about pizza toppings. <laughs> it's it's been a fun week.
4: That that is awesome. You've got a great job.
8: <laughs> it, it it it's a lot of fun sometimes. We had uh, Carson Daly on the Today Show uh, air the ad this morning, so it's it's been an all star week for us at at GM. <laughs>
4: Well, Stu, I want to be cognizant of your time. Um, is there anything you would like to add that maybe we haven't covered?
8: Sure, just add uh, that the Everybody In campaign, you'll, you'll continue to see it evolve through this year. Uh, and GM's just very excited to get the word out about EVs. We have a, a role that we can play in this of building the Altium platform, helping to bring the cost of EVs down, bring the range up, all of the things, all of the reasons people say today that they would not uh, be interested in EV. It is our goal to take those out. But in addition to that, there's infrastructure that needs to be built with chargers. We've partnered with a company called EV Go to rapidly increase the the number of chargers across the country. But this is to, for it to truly be everybody in it. We need uh, the whole country to to get on board with this idea that that EVs are the future and help us out because uh, we're we're excited about what that can bring.
4: Beat Norway.
8: Beat Norway.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, Stu, thank you so much for your time today. This was so much fun to talk about.
8: Yeah, thank you for having me on, Laura.
4: You can see the ad starring Will Farrell on GM's YouTube page. Thanks again to Stu Fowle for joining us. Every week, I talk directly to the manufacturers to get you the latest information about the vehicles you're interested in. No opinions, just straight facts from the automakers themselves. I'm your host, Laura Reynolds. That wraps up this week's Driving in Heels.
3: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Driving in Heels. There'll be more next week when Laura Reynolds talks directly to the manufacturers about the cars you love and the cars you want to know more about on Driving in Heels.
0: There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's... Who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah,
1: that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks, then there are drinks from McDonald's.
2: Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries.